Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Hi, it's Josh from Under the Table Hot Sauce. I'm here with my friend, the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. Yeah, what's up, JB? Nah, nothing. It's been a hot summer, and for all your barbecue needs, you can go to UndertheTableHotSauce.com. 13 unique flavors to choose from, created and bottled in a Long Island kitchen. UndertheTableHotSauce.com. Let's go chow, JB. Let's do it. All the flavor, twice the burn. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. Sport and non-sport cards Wrestling items, autographed items. We buy, sell, and trade. M&J Video Games and Collectibles, located at 1049 Queen Street, Southington, Connecticut. Call us at 1-860-479-9223 or 860-93-GAMES. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. Mike Messier, we're here for Monty and the Pharaohs AEW Apologist video number 26. Now, I know last week I said it was number 26, but it was actually number 25. This should be number 26. Uh, since last we've spoken here on Monty and the Pharaoh YouTube channel, uh, there's been some big losses, as we know, in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, JJ McGuire, great musician, friend of Monty and the Pharaoh. 
show. Uh, I got to speak with uh, Mr. McGuire on another podcast. Uh, great guy. Worked with Jimmy Hart in music quite a bit. Uh, wrestling, music, Hollywood, all types of things. This guy had a fantastic life. Was a really nice guy. Was always messaging uh, me and him back and forth on Facebook for the last year or so. Really a sweetheart of a guy. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away. And un unfortunately, also, we know that Scott Hall passed away. Uh, the bad guy, Razor Ramon. I will be doing a uh, tribute podcast uh, tomorrow afternoon for that. That will be on Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel. But I didn't want to uh, let you think that I didn't think about these guys. In fact, this is the second uh, start to this AEW Apologist video. Uh, I had a hard time getting through the last time because I was talking about these, these two uh, gentlemen passing away. And I know as wrestling fans, we get very attached to these people uh, as on-screen characters. And in the case of JJ, uh, more of a personal uh, you know, correspondence I had with the guy. Um, I did meet Scott Hall once and he was nice to me. Uh, so let's talk wrestling, let's talk AEW. Now, there's so many things going on in professional wrestling right now. Uh, as of now, it seems that Cody Rhodes is definitely 100% double secret probation signed to World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, I don't have any begrudging against that for Cody. I mean, I just hope that his, you know, he's creatively satisfied, financially compensated uh, for this activity. Um, he wasn't too thrilled with how he was used last time. I don't really see what the difference is going to be this time. I mean, they might be promising him the world, but I mean, going back to rugged Ronnie Garvin, you know, Ronnie Garvin was a year and a half removed from being the world heavyweight champion of the National Wrestling Alliance. He comes over to the WWF and he's a mid-card guy, if that, you know, kind of an opening, uh, you know, losing to Greg Valentine left and right. Um, We've seen that traditionally, where guys come in from another company to WWE or WWF or WWF, and you know, there's exceptions. Ric Flair was an exception. Tully and Arn was an exception. The Road Warriors were an exception. AJ Styles, you could make a case, was an exception. But there's also a, a probably a longer list of really top talents. Uh, Nakamura, you could say, in recent times. Uh, people that were really big somewhere else, they come over to the E and they just get a different type of treatment. So we'll see where Cody falls in that paradigm. You know, we'll see uh, what happens. But for the wrestling fans, or especially my fellow AEW fans that are giving this guy a hard time, I don't know what you're giving him a hard time about. Let him do what he wants. And furthermore, if you were cheering for Cody and Brandy Rhodes, uh, if you, people weren't so vehemently booing them, especially Brandy, the mother of his child, uh, blame yourselves. Blame yourselves for Cody Rhodes leaving. I know that uh, AEW Gold Rush member uh, or AEW Tiffany, uh, Black and Gold Tiffany on, on Twitter, she's a big uh, AEW loyalist, a big Cody Rhodes fan. Uh, I'm sure she's, uh, I'm not, well, I don't want to speak for her, but I imagine she's kind of upset about this. Uh, she was always cheering for Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes, I'm sure. But, I mean, what can I tell you? For the, for the rest of you people that booed this gentleman when he's trying to be a babyface, uh, don't be mad at him now for leaving. And oddly enough, I wouldn't be surprised if those boos were a deciding factor for Cody to leave. 
I mean, if all this buzz, backstage buzz, that certain members of the elite, namely Cody Rhodes and <clears throat> Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, they didn't see all eye to eye. Have a drink on me. That's that aha water. I don't know if you've seen that around. That's the new shtick. Everybody's got a goddamn flavored water. This is a fucking flavored bottled water. This is a flavored water. Um, ugh. So, you know what a really good song is, by the way? Just on a non sequitur note, in case you ever need a song. I think this is my CD player right now. Um, Rusty Cage by Soundgarden. By the way, Bad Motor Finger CD. Okay, let's go back to our story here, folks. I don't want to get off topic too much. Uh, blame yourselves for Cody Rhodes leaving if you booed this gentleman, if you booed his wife. Uh, I had a little Twitter interaction a couple of years ago with Cody Rhodes before AEW was officially going. Um, he had a little bit of a controversy with one Vince Russo. Vince Russo is a personal friend of mine. I took issue with what Cody was saying about Vince. Uh, basically, Cody was saying that Vince Russo was homophobic. Wasn't really accurate. Um, and I happened to bring up on Twitter, um, I think on Dave Meltzer's Twitter thread, but then I, I guess I tagged Cody or Cody saw it. This is like 2 in the morning one night. I found a uh, Dusty Rhodes promo from like 1986 where Dusty Rhodes, the Amalcan Dream, was uh, throwing shade on Tully Blanchard and asking Tully Blanchard why he ditched the lovely baby doll in favor of J.J. Dillon with kind of an insinuation that there was something more than just a manager-protege relationship between J.J. and Dillon and that Tully preferred the company of J.J. Dillon over baby doll. So I, I promptly found this fucking promo online. You can probably find it somewhere. And I shared it. And uh, I just made the, the case in point, Cody. Hey, you're giving my friend Vince Russo a hard time. Well, speaking of hard times, baby, your father is giving uh, an accusation against Tully Blanchard in this manner. So, of course, believe I was surprised that Cody actually responded to this tweet. He got all hot and bothered about it. Uh, but, you know, everybody's got faults, folks. I mean, if you're going to try to go through life unscathed, uh, never breaking an egg, never stepping on a piece of glass, never offending anybody. You're going to live in a, a glass menagerie box uh, from cradle to grave, okay? So you just have to live your life. If you say something that hurts someone's feelings, you can always fucking apologize. But in this world of professional goddamn wrestling, uh, it's supposed to be offensive. This is a business where gentlemen take razor blades and they cut their foreheads open for the enjoyment of 12-year-olds. It's an offensive business to begin with. So if people are going to try to puritize this sport or politically correct this goddamn sport, maybe you're wasting your fucking time. That makes me think of this Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker match. I don't want to offend her without saying her doctor because then I'd be a misogynist fuck. But Dr. Britt Baker is actually one of my famous uh, fav favorite wrestlers these days. I think she's great. I think when she plays to the camera with her wink, I think that's very exciting. I mean, I think she basically, uh, I think she's better than Adam Cole. I'll say that. No offense to Adam Cole, but, but fucking Dr. Britt's got a great look for wrestling. As far as the uh, cheesecake factor, 
what I've said about Dr. Brick, and this is not an insult, but I think Dr. Britt Baker is the hottest girl in the room when there's no hot girls in the room. Now, don't overthink that. I'm saying she's, you know, she's very attractive, but if you had a room full of Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders or Playboy uh, playmates, you know, she, Dr. Britt would be the one uh, holding their books, okay? But she's very attractive the way that she plays to camera, this fucking helicopter uh, bothering me. I mean, I don't know if that's uh, Sting uh, taking the, the, the helicopter into the wrestling arena, but I mean, God. Uh, so let's get back to this cage match. Some people were critical of the cage match. I guess there was an incident or a part towards the end where Dr. Britt w did not sell the thumbtacks. I believe Monty of Monty and the Pharaoh fame uh, actually accusated that these could have been fake thumbtacks. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Dr. Britt responded with a video of her own showing the bruises and the cuts. And then uh, old w WTBS wrestler, uh, Bob Cook, who had a great right hand. I saw him on Facebook. He's very outspoken these days. And he, he had a laugh that Dr. Britt was defending her wrestling. So I don't know what to tell you folks. I mean, the wrestlers are very sensitive these days. Uh, if you might remember, Brian Danielson, uh, formerly known as Daniel Bryan, took great issue with the fans giving his uh, wife uh, Brie Bella a hard time when she kicked the, the living shit out of fucking Liv Morgan a few years ago. All these wrestlers are very sensitive, so we have to treat them accordingly, uh, I guess. You know what I mean? I mean, at, one, at some point, these wrestlers need to harden the fuck up a little bit. You're, you're wrestling for a living, okay? You're not open-heart surgeons, and there's people that are dying all over the world all the time. So just be thankful you're getting paid for this, okay? So what's next? Um, here's the thing I really wanted to start with, and... Uh, Sometimes I get so revved up, I just lose the, the focus. This Chris Jericho heel turn, I think, has been flawed. And I'm going to break it down, uh, why I think it's been flawed. And by the way, someone on my Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel suggested that I looked like Chris Jericho. And I, I said, thanks, I guess. That's nice. But here's the thing. Um, he turns heel. He has the match at the pay-per-view, Revolution. He loses to Eddie Kingston via submission um he's supposed to shake eddie's hand he refuses to do so they come back a couple days later to, to, to dynamite and he's starting off with this promo about eddie and then the next thing you know uh eddie's in the ring and they're doing this and that and then you got the the, the guys the, the formerly 2.0 i don't even know what their names are now they're real names and then um uh, they come in to beat up eddie Santana Ortiz come in, Jack Hager comes in, he, he beats up Santana and Ortiz. So basically, Hager and Jericho are both turning heel in the same segment. Jericho is kind of the point man, and uh, Hager is the tag-along. And uh, they're breaking up with uh, Santana Ortiz. Sammy Guevara, meanwhile, is nowhere to be seen. He had already put down his uh, inner circle colors a while earlier. Although later on in the same show, he was wearing his inner circle jacket. So I guess he didn't get the memo. Uh, and then Jericho, Hager, and the other guys proceed to like powerbomb uh, good old Eddie Kingston through a table. That didn't come off very smoothly. Um, Eddie Kingston, his weight is, is kind of an interesting issue. 
like the way that his body he kind of has a, a bigger belly and he's also tall um, so he's just kind of a hard guy to do some of these moves on uh, but basically it was a heel turn a faction a new faction beginning and is it the new and improved inner circle do they have some other name and then what we find out the next week or a couple days later or whatever the fuck it's the Jericho Appreciation Society and that's entertainment um, and supposedly uh, Chris Jericho has copyright written the term sports entertainer uh, how do I feel about this whole thing um, I think that there's a little shades of genius here if Jericho is using the term sports entertainer uh, to kind of provoke fans that are more into AEW than the WWE, and obviously the sports entertainment is a Vince McMahon term. I think it's pretty smart to use that term to get some, you know, cheap heel heat. That's fine. However, to give credit once again to Vince Russo, I believe in the early days of TNA wrestling, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, wasn't there a group called Sports Entertainment Extreme? Uh, I could be wrong, but I thought that was like. I could be wrong with these names, but was it Christopher Daniels, uh, Ron the Truth Killings, and some other guys, or am I getting this all mixed up? But wasn't there a sex group, SEX, Sports Entertainment Extreme? And I don't really remember off the top of my head, because I don't think I watched some of that stuff, but uh, I thought that they kind of had that same gimmick of the sports entertainment gimmick. But I could be wrong, I could be making that up. But look into it if you really care. So the point is, I don't know if Jericho is going to give any credit to, to Russo or that group from 20 years ago or whatever. Here's the, the flaws. Ready? Um, they come When the group came back the next week and they were kind of like their coming out party. And these guys that were in the tag team 2.0, they got Daniel Garcia, I forgot to mention him. That they come out, they look good as a unit. And you're kind of getting like, okay, this is the heel version of the inner circle. And it's Jericho once again being Jericho, changing himself, whatever. Now, here's the problem. They come out to the song, the Judas song. And the fans are singing this Judas song more in unison and louder than you've really ever heard it ever before. Like the crowd that night, uh, this initial new group, this Jericho. Jericho Appreciation Society he would call themselves or they would call themselves they're getting this huge sing-along and then of course one of the, the fucking new guys says hey uh, if it was up to me you wouldn't be singing this song there would be no Judas but because Chris Jericho is a nicer guy than I am he lets you listen to it and then they're telling these stories and then Jericho kind of tells a story of himself paying the medical bills of like some indie wrestlers that got into a car accident. And I, I think I remember this story. And he's basically saying that one of these indie wrestlers got out of the car accident, you know, rehabbed and made himself something. And that was Daniel Garcia. Well, folks, this is not the stories of heels. These are, these are babyface stories. You know what I mean? Like one guy paying the medical bills of another bunch of wrestlers he doesn't even know, Jericho. And then another guy, one of these wrestlers, you know, getting out of the car accident and building up his body and healing and becoming a, a regular wrestler on, on national television. These are inspirational stories. Heels don't have inspirational stories. So if you're trying to turn heel, yet you're telling us 
all these reasons why you're such great guys. That's not working, Chris. You know what I mean? So once a fucking again, I don't know why I'm having to be the one to explain wrestling to the goddamn wrestlers. I mean, Jericho's been around the fucking block a few times. You'd figure he'd know basic psychology. If you're trying to legitimately be hated, you don't tell people how like, legitimately nice of a guy you are. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's just convoluted. It's trying to do two things at once. And at this point, I mean, Jericho, why don't you just be happy to be a baby face? Uh, the next thing that happened was, I think it was on Rampage, that uh, Jericho basically um, was just doing commentary. And it just sounded like typical screeching cat, baby face Jericho commentary. Uh, I don't think he's a great commentator. There was a couple of weeks early on in 2020 when he did do a substitution for Jim Ross and Jericho was pretty good, but now he's just become a, a, a hyena on commentary. He's not very good. So there you have it. I, I just feel like if you're going to turn heel, fucking turn heel. If you're not, then don't. Not rocket goddamn science. I know that, uh, funny, I said not rocket science. That was on the back of a t-shirt last night on Homicide. So I watched this uh, NWA pay-per-view for two nights, which was very interesting. The NWA Crockett Cup, uh, two-night pay-per-view, Saturday and a Sunday. A lot of wrestling. Uh, I'll probably do a whole analysis on this, uh, my own channel, subscribe to Mike Messi YouTube channel. But I did think it was worth watching uh, for $49.99. Uh, I got a year's worth of NWA All Access, including apparently six pay-per-views. I guess this Crockett Cup counts as one or two of those. Uh, but it was a good night, good couple of nights. And Homicide was wearing a t-shirt that said Free Kane, uh, meaning Velasquez. And on the back, it, it said, um, it ain't rocket science. So just funny little thing. What else is going on in the wonderful world of AEW? You know, I did see a female wrestler last night um, on the uh, NWA show, Camille. Have you seen Camille? Kind of, I think she used to uh, be fucked by Braun Strowman. Now she's getting fucked by some other wrestler. But as far as her own career, she's quite good. She's the NWA Women's Champion. And uh, she was there defending her title against Chelsea Green, who's... Um, What's his name's chick, Cardona, and the the Kylie Ray, who I'm not really into. It's actually a pretty damn good match. These three women. I mean, it's hard enough to do a three man match. Uh, the three women's match for the title was actually quite good, and Camille retained. But it made me think, you know, a money match of the future, uh, somewhere would be Camille versus Jade Cargill. Um, so Jade Cargill continues. She's got quite an interesting Twitter life. I mean, she's she's Twittering like all the wrestlers are Twittering, putting themselves over. That's what they like to do. But uh, Jade Cargill versus um, uh, Camille would be pretty good. Okay. Uh, so what else? Uh, the AEW tag team scene, you know, still plenty of tag teams. The acclaimed, I keep telling you, are probably overdue for a babyface turn. Uh, when you see them live at, at Daly's Place, like I have, they're very over in Daly's Place. Uh, they kind of act like babyface is there. If they were to take these raps and just turn them against other heels, 
uh, how easy would it be for the fans to really get behind these guys, the acclaimed. Uh, Keith Lee continues to sputter about. Um, people on Twitter land have been having some fun with Keith Lee. You know, Keith Lee looks like a guy who can open a jar of mayonnaise without getting mayonnaise on his thumb or whatever the fuck they're tweeting about. Um, you know, so I mean, Keith Lee, so on and so forth. Um, who else? This, this niece guy, Tony Nice, doesn't do much for me. Uh, I was totally correct, by the way, when I made my little prediction that um, MJF would cause uh, Wardlow his shot at the TNT title. If you've been watching all these AEW Apologist videos, and I tip of the cup to you, tip of the water, if you've been watching all these videos, but I do believe I predicted it uh, note by note that uh, what's-his-dick Scorpio Sky would get that TNT title and then he'd be defending it against good old Warlow and MJF would help screw Warlow and uh, Scorpio Sky gets to keep the title. Warlow has an excuse because MJF helped him and then you're going to get Warlow versus MJF. We'll build that up to the next pay-per-view and in the meantime, uh, what's CM Punk? He's free to do other things. Some folks have been kind of critical about CM Punk's booking uh, saying, why isn't he in the world title hunt? I think good old Disco Inferno was even saying that. But for me, I think that he doesn't need the world title. I don't, I don't think Brian Danielson or CM Punk or Sting for that fucking matter. I don't think those guys need the world title. And I've just noticed this thing. Every, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people bitch. Oh, the WWE, uh, AEW is just full of WWE guys or full of ex-WWE guys. Well, um... But yeah, you're bitching that CM Punk uh, is not the champion. Well, what the fuck? I mean, you can bitch about it all you want, but it's just, it is what it is. I think Adam Page beat a little more active recently, had that match that uh, with the Murderhawk guy, had the match with the other guy, uh, the top flight guy, and you know, he's, he's getting to be a little more active. What else is going on in AEW? Um, the Ring of Honor thing, Tony Khan apparently has booked the Briscoes, Dem Boys, against FTR. I believe it's an April 1st pay-per-view, interestingly enough, going against Conrad Thompson's group. Because uh, they have a fight pay-per-view that same night, I believe, unless the times are different. I don't know. I'm not getting a commission from these fucks. So, um, Tony Khan apparently is saying... Uh, that this is like a transitional pay-per-view and then he's hoping to restructure Ring of Honor or do like a, a regular weekly wrestling show somewhere with Ring of Honor. I probably, believe it or not, am in the Meltzer camp on this, Dave Meltzer, um, thinking that it's not a good idea to spread, you, you know, I mean, this guy is spread so thin as it is, Tony Khan, between the Jacksonville Jaguars, the fucking soccer team, and now he's got two wrestling companies. And I think the smart move, and I, I'm, I mean, see, this is what I do. I give credit to other people that say things first, or if I hear them, even if I say them first, or I think them first, I'll give credit. Meltzer has made a great point that you have to concentrate on one brand, not on two brands, because he's not at the point where AEW is so popular or such a money-making entity that he needs to do another wrestling promotion. He could want to, and he can do it, but let's not get sick of your first toy to go to your second toy. 
I mean, similarly, you know, Vin Vincent K. Jr. Uh, started doing all this stuff with um, uh, the World Bodybuilding Federation and, you know, films like, you know, he wasn't, he took his eye off the ball, which was the WWF. You know, that was a generation ago, but point still stands unless you're so goddamn good that you have all this money coming in from T from, from AEW uh, and all these wealthy resources. You have no business worrying about ROH. I mean, unless it's a thing where like once, I can see them doing a once a year show. To me, I thought just the idea of the, the video library, and once again, it's disputed how much of this ROH catalog did Tony even get for his money. Uh, my buddy Adam Demoy says it's 20%. Uh, I would hope that it's more, but in any regard. What else, folks? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, it's been another good week of AEW. Uh, over on the E, I mean, it's... I don't know what to say. I, I mean, WrestleMania is like two weeks away. I'm not quite feeling... Like, I'm in WrestleMania season, to be honest with you. There's, I mean, the Brock Roman thing, it's just so played out. It's been done twice before at WrestleMania. I mean, the last time it was done, I think it was in Florida, they almost booed that match out of the building. And that was like four years ago. So now what are we going to do? I mean, I just, I don't quite see the prestige for this year's WrestleMania. Um, McMahon's going to be there. Steve Austin is going to have some type of situation with Kevin Owens. I'm sure that'll probably be the most entertaining thing of both nights, or at least of night one, Austin Owens. But it's a nostalgia act. We all can visualize it. You know, Kevin Owens starts his little segment. He's running down Texas. He's running down Steve Austin. Crash, here comes the glass. Austin comes out looking great, talks some smack, and then he ends up with a kick to the midsection, a stunner, and maybe a few punches for good measure. But, um... I don't know. I mean, you tell me, folks. Leave in the comment. Is there anything that's uh, happy at WrestleMania? I know that Monty and the Pharaoh, at least a portion of that team, Monty is a huge Charlotte Flair fan. I'm, I respect your wrestling ability quite a bit. Um, I just don't know if this Ronda Rousey-Charlotte uh, Flair feud has much legs to it. Once again, they've already done it. They had a Survivor Series match. They had a WrestleMania uh, two-thirds of a match with them two or two-thirds with Becky Lynch so I'm just asking you what's so great about it now who gives a fuck you know what I mean uh, things like Butch and Nikki Ash I mean it's just I don't know folks I mean I worry sometimes about my WWE friends uh, the fans of this thing because their shows are so idiotic and boring um, I just don't know why you continue to watch them every week I mean I really just don't I mean I I record the shows and I zip through them if something's been told to me that's so great but tonight's a, a fucking Monday and I have no plans on uh, you know sitting there watching WWE for three hours I have other things to do with my life and my time so that's it folks so I hope this has been a informative uh, session uh, part of your Mondays your Tuesdays whenever you're seeing this like I said, I, I had to do this fucking tape twice. I was so uh, distraught about all these uh, unfortunate passings with our friends here in the wrestling world. And, uh, you know, but I just say to the wrestling fans, this is even more of a reason 
to savor uh, the flesh of life, the succulent marrow that is living. You know, and if you didn't learn anything from the Ultimate Warrior videos, I know a lot of people don't like the guy, but if you watch his motivational videos from like the 2011 era, he was always saying that you just got to live life. You know, you got to do the very best that you can do. Um, and, you know, because we don't know when that final bell is going to ring for us now, do we? So you just try to maximize your time, get the most out of your minutes. Uh, if you have a family, do right by them. If you don't have a family, do right by yourself. Uh, you know, whatever the fuck. So that's it. Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel. Like I said, I'll have more. I have plenty of AEW clips on there. Um, some really great things. The Mikey Tears. Uh, 99 cents a month for the Mikey Tears. You get some AEW clips you won't find anywhere else. Of course, Monty and the Pharaoh YouTube channel also has their membership uh, capabilities with special surprises. So everybody's happy. Uh, once again, the, the boys in the studio, Monty and the Pharaoh, will be hosting Jesse Ventura. I know I've mentioned it several times, but I just don't want you to forget. And uh, so on and so forth. And they had a nice interview with Scott Hall themselves, Monty and the Pharaoh did, which I, I watched upon learning of, of the passing of Scott Hall as a, as a silent tribute. So that's it, folks. Uh, thanks for watching. Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel, the AWpologist26.